Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. to go. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow underway on this Tuesday edition, NFL trade deadline day. Happy Halloween to all of you. Glad you're with us across the Outkick network, which includes uh, YouTube streaming live there. You can join Chad in the chat. Just search out Outkick. Subscribe to the channel there across the platforms, Outkick.com and more. If you're listening to this great radio partner, we say thank you. Dan Dockich, host of Don't At Me across Outkick. He'll be with us in an hour from now. It's coming up uh, in hour number two. John McClain as well as Right after the NFL trade deadline hits, we'll talk with McLean on all things headlines across the league. Tim Brando, Timmy B, joins us in our number three. Uh, Jim Nagy each and every week as well. Chad, good afternoon. Plenty good afternoon, to discuss today. Hunting. So it is Halloween. It is? I'm, I'm going as Connor Stallions oh, there you go. at a Central Michigan-Michigan State game this year. Gray shirt, sunglasses at night. My future's so bright, I got to wear shades, much like Connor Stallions. His future not quite as bright as mine right now, especially his future in college football, Hutton, as this story continues to get crazier and crazier around Michigan football and Connor Stallions. And I keep thinking there's only one real way to negatively affect Michigan and hit them where it hurts. Well, there's two ways. One is going to happen. Their coach is not going to be their coach anymore. It's not going to happen during the season, I don't think. But after this season, I'm pretty sure Jim Harbaugh is probably done at Michigan. Whether he goes and leaves himself for the NFL or Michigan has to make a change, that's one way to hurt them. The other way to hurt them is to remove their eligibility from this year's college football playoff. That remains the big question, Hutton. The only way to do this, and, and let, we'll get into the the ways to show discipline or enforce discipline. One includes a, a, a long, drawn-out process. The other, maybe not. But, Chad, every day there's new information with this, new evidence or alleged evidence. And the very latest is Chad's costume is spot on, where it, allegedly Connor Stallions is seen on the sideline of the Central Michigan at Michigan State game to open the regular season on September 1st uh, last month. And... He's on the sideline, goatee, sunglasses at night, and he's standing with a visitor's sideline pass, visitor coach's staff, uh, on, with the pass around his neck, hat on, sunglasses at night, goatee, arms crossed, next to the offensive line coach who's signaling plays. He's also got the director of recruiting nearby. And, Chad, he's on the visiting sideline against a future opponent that they're playing central Michigan playing Michigan state. And uh, at, at least on the FS one broadcast, anytime that when the, the play would end towards his area, he would, the person would cover his face. This I continues to mount. And the question is what happens next with the story? And also is there enough evidence to enforce discipline from the NCAA's perspective, just based on the timeline, 
even though they, they act like they try to speed up the process of investigations and enforcement, they really don't. It, it takes a while. Uh, it would be a, a notice of allegations, notice of investigation, and then one of four different things could happen from Michigan accepting penalties, self-enforcing penalties, appealing, multiple things. That takes a while. We're way, way past the college football playoff by them. The Big Ten, though, can act. And there is a committee made up of in the, the Big Ten presidents, ADs, that would vote to enforce a possible penalty that Tony Petiti, the commissioner, could lay out and direct. They can't add to the discipline, but they could reduce it. They could also approve it or deny it. But here's the thing. Once it is approved, any discipline there is from the Big Ten's perspective, Chad, there's no appeal process. It's enforced. So that is the really the only way that we don't see Michigan being a part of the postseason. And it's not going to be... We, we get the college football playoff rankings for the first time this evening. The committee, taking a, a glance at who's making a, the rankings tonight, really the top six is what we're going to be really dialed in on. I don't think they enforce anything off the field here in how they view the Wolverines football staff. I don't know how you come down on this, Chad, but if I'm on the committee, I'm basing this on what's in front of me and allowing the investigation process to play itself out. And when they're not eligible, they're not eligible. Until then, they're in the playoff. And I'm eager to see where they rank with the top four because I don't think they're outside of the top four. And if they are, that is a glaring uh, signal that the committee's doing more than what they have to do so far. It's made up of 80s from Houston, Kansas State, Kentucky, Marshall, Miami of Ohio, Ward Manuel, the AD at Michigan, is there, as well as uh, Navy, NC State, Nevada, Notre Dame, Rutgers, and Washington. Uh, Boo Corrigan, AD at NC State, is uh, the head, the chair of the college football playoff committee. When the rankings come out, he's got to be asked about what's taking place off the field with everything going on around the sign-stealing saga and scandal with Michigan. But I don't see this selection committee playing judge, jury, executioner until they're told, based on discipline, that they're going to exclude the Wolverines. Until then, we're going to see the Wolverines in, and they're good enough to win it all this year, Chad. Yeah, and I I keep going back to that. This it's mounting evidence now, right? I mean, whoever waited this long to really lay the hammer down on Michigan it actually looks to be a smart move yeah. because they allowed them to continue acting in this way as if they were undetected when they really were detected. And now there's all this evidence. We've we've been showing you the Connor Stallions on the sideline at a Central Michigan Michigan State game. I keep going back, and this is a question being thrown thrown about in our YouTube chat right now. Is Michigan really this stupid? Were they this brazen? I mean, you've got a guy that's a, a member of the staff that's on the team website, decked out in Central Michigan coaching gear, on the Central Michigan sideline as they're playing Michigan State, one of your top rivals. I'm with you. I don't think anyone's going to act before the end of the season, but this is where you hit the Wolverines where it hurts. If you take them out this year, because right now it's all about this year. They have a team on the field. Now, we can argue how much they're being aided by stealing signs and all that, whatever. 
The fact is, with J.J. McCarthy at quarterback, with this roster, with this schedule, they have a very good chance of winning a college football national championship. And that's all that Michigan fans are concerned with right now. So if you really want to negatively affect them and show that this is not right and you can't do this and you can't go beyond the rules and negatively affect not just the team you're playing but possibly other teams in other game. By the way, we don't know if he's just scouting in this game or if he's actually trying to help Central Michigan beat Michigan State, which goes back to what I was saying before with the South Carolina allegations. It's one thing to just help your own team. It's a very different thing to orchestrate intelligence to negatively affect games not involving you. At that point, this is espionage affecting all of college football and not just Michigan Wolverine football. This is bad. This is really bad. And we got photographic evidence again of Connor Stallions at a game. Here is where other conference members can step in if they're really angry about Michigan and force someone's hand. Purdue, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. I'm willing to bet those four programs, we know a couple of them at least, are of the 13 of the 14 that have been illegally scouted by Michigan. If one or multiple of those programs just come out and say, we're not playing them, we don't feel safe, we don't think it's right, we don't want to play this game, and they're public about it, what the Big Ten will likely say is, play the game or you forfeit. But it at least makes them say something about Michigan. It makes them put something on the record. And they could make things very uncomfortable if someone just comes out and says, we're not doing it. Or if all of them say, we don't want to play Michigan based on what we know and what we've seen and the evidence collected. Don't think that'll happen, Hutton. No. And I think if it did happen, the Big Ten would just say, play it or forfeit. But I don't know that we're going to get any big statement because they're going to hide behind the cloak of ongoing investigation. We won't comment further until we have more information or the investigation is over. That's what everyone is going to attempt to do here. If I'm a team that's already played Michigan or I'm going to play them, I don't accept that. I don't. And that's what it's going to take is someone stepping up and saying, yeah, that's not going to work here. So the story has gone from Stallions being in the stadium purchasing tickets to now being on the sideline. This is the first report and, and hard information on this. And at least we, if, if the Michigan fans on social, some at least, are you know, still saying it's not him. You know, it's some, it, Central Michigan is investigating who this was and how he got on the sideline. They're admitting they have no idea uh, who this person is based on their staff that would have traveled with them this season. And uh, this was the day before Michigan opened their season against East Carolina. And a, a, a part of all of this, Chad, is he's decked out in Central Michigan gear. There are staff members with Central Michigan that have ties to the Michigan staff. And yeah, the, the saga continues. It continues to mount. And we're not near the end of the evidence that will continue to pour in. Yeah, let me also it's say a this. daily Daily occurrence. Central Michigan needs to get in a lot of trouble for those two. Because there is no way that people didn't know who he was or what he was doing. They're every bit as guilty as Connor Stallions in this whole thing. So, not that as many people care about the fate of Central Michigan, but Jim McElwain and that program need to face some sort of punishment for allowing a Michigan staffer to give him Central Michigan gear and put him in a spot where he looks like a coach on the sideline 
as they're playing Michigan, one of their biggest rivals, they need to be punished as well. And honestly, that photo to me is enough to punish them. Unless someone comes out and says that's not Connor Stallions, which no one on any side of this has claimed yet, Central Michigan needs to face some some repercussions as well. And it, Michigan State didn't find out about this today, by the way. The report states that they've known about this and they have been in talks with the NCAA about it previous to this report today. Yeah, they've been cooperating with the NCAA on it. Yeah, that, uh, Central Michigan AD Amy Folan released a statement on the matter saying the university is looking into whether Stallions was on the sidelines that day. Well, and if you remember, some people were making fun of it at the time, but Michigan State took over 24 hours when informed by the office the week of the game to decide whether or not they wanted to play, that they were considering not playing the game with the information they had. Well, this is part of the information they had. That's right. That they had already tried to negatively affect Michigan State by being on the sideline for Central Michigan. I'm telling you, this... More will come out, and there is going to be a documentary one day, and Connor Stallions is going to tell all, whether it be a book, on a Netflix docuseries, or whatever it may be. This is bad. Connor Stallions may shut up because he loves Michigan football so much, but he's got no future in college sports or football. So he's got nothing to lose if and when he wants to tell his side of the story and explain to the extent they went to not just orchestrate something on behalf of Michigan, but sabotage other programs that could affect Michigan. This looks terrible. We can say this every time. We'll we'll wait for the investigation to finish. There's going to be more information. Michigan's saying nothing. But on its face, that image of Connor Stallions in sunglasses on the Central Michigan sideline, a Michigan-paid staffer wearing Central Michigan gear, in a game against one of Michigan's biggest rivals, this is a dumpster fire right now at Michigan. And I will reiterate this to everyone I know that's ever worn maize and blue. As a fan or a player, don't give me this crap about Michigan man ever again. Ever. You have lost that right for eternity. No such thing anymore. You're just like the rest of us. You're like the rest of the grimy world of college sports that is win and nothing else. You're no better. In fact, right now, you may be far worse. And keep in mind, this story will get far worse because Michigan State has known about this. They've been in talks. They've been cooperating. Michigan allegedly pulls the offer for the contract extension with Harbaugh, which he's denying but not really denying. There's a lot of info and detail beneath the surface that has not reached the media yet. It will. And it's bubbling up one after the other on a daily, sometimes hourly basis. Chad, uh, Davo Sweeney, he continues to lay it out there on his coach's show. And this is a great example of reading a quote versus actually hearing a caller and then hearing Davo Sweeney's response where he told a caller to the Clemson head coach's show, hey, uh, if, if you want the job, go ahead and apply for the job, uh, speaking on behalf of the four losses that have taken place. Yeah, it's it's important to hear this quote yeah. at some point because, <laughs> honestly, I had Davey play the actual call. At first, Trey Wallace, if you want to hear it, he's done a great job, writes, covers college football only for OutKick, does terrific work, and he's posted the entire audio. But the audio that Trey posted was only of Dabo Sweeney. So I heard his portion of it, and I thought he was terrific. Davey played the entire call. A, shocked 
that the host of the Dabo Sweeney call-in <laughs> show in. allowed this thing to go on for as long as it did. It was a very young fan. Uh, sounded a little bit punkish, but quite frankly, not nearly as bad as I expected based on Dabo's response. Even said, you know, I'm a generational Clemson fan. My grandparents, you know, went to the school and went to games, and I've been going for years. And essentially asked the question, why are we paying you $11.5 million for a 4-4 four and four season? And said, it appears to everyone that you got too cocky that the program changed after 2018 in the second national title. And he even quotes Proverbs back to the man of faith and says, pride come before the fall. Are you familiar with that? And Dabo Sweeney eventually kind of ends the call, and he goes in on a five-minute rant where he destroys this caller. Hutton, we'll talk more about oh, it later. He's got some great points he brings up. We should be up. able to play the audio. There is some absolutely we should be able to. He's got some other points in there that proves the caller's point a little bit. I think of what he's saying about pride coming before the fall and how he talks about himself. We'll discuss it in detail later. Yes, plus NFL trade deadline, a lot of moves, big moves already today, especially on defense in the NFC. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody are located with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot My with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Coming up uh, in about 40 minutes or so, Dan Dockich will join us, host of Don't At Me, plus John McClain, and uh, a bit later, Tim Brando. Timmy B on, talking all things NFL and college football today. NFL trade deadline, uh, under an hour away from right now, plenty of movement from the NFC, Chad, as we recap what has happened already today, about an hour or so ago. Chase Young, pass rusher from the Commanders, well, Washington... The fire sale is is underway. Chase Young headed to the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for a third-round pick. So Chase Young reunited with Nick Bosa from their college days. Bosa and Young played together for two years there. Now they're on the same defensive front out in San Francisco. The Bears, back-to-back seasons now, they have traded away a second-round pick in exchange for a player they hope will be long-term. That didn't happen with Chase Claypool. They have traded with the Commanders a second-round pick in exchange for Montez Sweat. So the two 
pass rushers felt to be building blocks at one point for the Washington Commanders no longer is new owner Josh Harris, who was behind the trust the process rebuild with the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, that's about to happen again with the Washington Commanders. Joshua Dobbs benched yesterday. Now he's potentially in line to be a starter with the Minnesota Vikings. Traded from Arizona to Minnesota. And this is now his fourth team in the last year. His seventh team since he entered the NFL. Ten career starts, eight this year. Two last year in the regular season with the Tennessee Titans. And while he will not start this week, that will go to their fifth-round rookie. And uh, that's Jaron Hall. They're going to go with the rookie at quarterback in Minnesota. Dobbs can certainly step in and play and and, and handle a situation. He's, he's been able to prove that with multiple stops now, both in Tennessee and Arizona. And uh, Chad, Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver from Cleveland, now headed to Detroit. And the Vikings traded guard Ezra Cleveland, one of the good young offensive linemen. He's now in Jacksonville. Busy day, but some of the names that have been circulating, not not movement there. No, no movement with Devontae Adams yet. We uh, Derrick Henry's not going to be traded. And uh, as far as the quarterbacks are concerned, it's Dobbs to Minnesota. Vikings are not selling. The commanders are. Well, can we define for Chicago what buyer and seller means? I think the Bears are a little bit confused about, you know, when you're a buyer, you're typically a contender. So let me, let me explain this in really clear terms for the Bears, who did not understand this a year ago in the move for Chase Claypool and understand it this year with the move for Montez Sweat. Buyers are typically teams that in that given season have a reason to be optimistic about the way things are going to go that season, and they're a potential playoff team. So then you buy players that can come in and help you right away. Sellers are teams that don't have a future in that season, and they're unloading capital on their roster to get draft capital or future capital in return. This has been my tutorial for the Chicago Bears who don't seem to get it. Now, I understand they're going to try to sign Montez Sweat Long term, they got a ton of cap room, and this is a move for the future also. But it is very bizarre when you look at Claypool that did not work out at all a year ago, and now Montez Sweat. When you look at those moves, given where the Bears are as a team right now, which is they're not good, and they really need to start looking to the future. And I don't know that trading for a player right now is the way to do that as opposed to trading for draft picks. The San Francisco part of this makes sense. They're a contender. Yes, they've lost three straight. But trading for Chase Young to bolster an already really good pass rush, that, that makes sense for the 49ers. The big winner, I believe, for trade deadline day is Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, when he was benched, in air quotes, in Arizona, we all thought it was weird because it sounded like he was going to continue being the starter right after the game. And then a day later, Jonathan Gannon says, uh, we're going to go with Clayton Toon or Kyler Murray. And that immediately perked our ears up thinking he's getting traded. This is not a performance issue with Dobbs. He's not been the biggest problem in Arizona. That's a really bad roster and a team that's uh, basically not trying to lose, but they've accepted their fate that they're going to lose a bunch of games this year and that they're going to try to draft very high next year. Dobbs going to Minnesota – not only does he have a chance to play for another team, 
he will eventually be the starter there after this week and getting acclimated. And Hutton, that's a team, you brought this up a week and a half, two weeks ago, they're now on the right path to possibly being a playoff team. The huge question mark, though, is can they do that without Kirk Cousins, who is playing really good football? Well, reports are that they've received calls for some of their uh, bigger names on defense, and they're holding firm that they're not moving away um, from from players that are going to help them make a playoff push to the postseason. Um, and we're seeing teams load up defensively in the NFC, the true contenders. Philadelphia trades for Kevin Byard last week, uh, safety headed from Tennessee to Philly. Uh, Leonard Williams goes from the Giants to the Seattle Seahawks. And today, Chase Young, pending a, a physical, headed to San Francisco that will now have Nick Bosa, Chase Young, Fred Warner, and uh, Javon Hargrave on that, that front seven. So load up. That's what they're doing in the NFC. And again, we've got 40 minutes left before the deadline actually hits. Maybe we see one more big trade. Maybe it's, hey, follow the leader here. Keep up with the Joneses. What other defensive players could the NFC load up on? Find out. So far, busy. But not from the bigger names, Chad. The, the, no, the it's offensive a, it's names. A, it's a thud. I mean, it's, it's not. Well, it's, it's a thud, but we, what we don't know. This has not been a big day. But what we don't know is what, what, who was truly available versus the offers that were sent to teams. Um, yeah. You know, the we'll, Titans we'll get wanted some a second of that round info pick after for the Henry. fact, right? We'll, we'll get some, some so. big national reporters. Hey, this was floated out. This person was a possible trade. But as of right now, I, I think, again, the biggest winner in all of this is an individual. It's Josh Dobbs with a chance to prove that he can lead a good football team uh, on a possible playoff run in Minnesota, which is the best opportunity he's had in his career. He was put in a really tough spot and did okay last year with the Titans, where he was a rent-a-player, came in for two games, and nearly pulled it off, and almost won in Jacksonville to get the Titans the playoffs. Played admirably, I'd say, is how I describe that performance in that opportunity. I think he's played pretty admirably in Arizona with the deck stacked against him. Yes. Now he gets a chance to go to a team that's got a great chance as the second-best team in their division to make a run at a playoff spot. So I think huge for Josh Dobbs at this point in his career. Um, and then I, I think San Francisco, you know, if you believe in the potential of Chase Young, a really good defense may have gotten better. Well, and as of today, the Vikings are in the postseason. They're the seventh seed in the NFC. Um, Detroit won last night, so they've continued their separation in and. The, the rankings and the standings for the NFC North. They're at six and two now after knocking off the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, but the Vikings at four and four, you're right, squarely in the second spot. And right now battling with the Saints and the Bucks for the final wildcard spot on the second half of the season. And it's a, a Vikings team that can certainly do some damage. Dobbs just doesn't need to lose games. And before that, Hall gets his chance, the fifth round rookie with Cousins officially going to injured reserve today uh, from the roster with the Achilles tear. And you're right. I say Dobbs is going to get that opportunity, but if Hall comes in and, and uh, pulls a Will Levis right. from the Titans this past week and looks great and throws multiple touchdowns and the Vikings win, then they'll press pause on that Josh Dobbs ex- experiment and go with the rookie. I, I think, though, it's going to be Dobbs. 
eventually for the Vikings. And a, a nice trade by Minnesota there, too, based on who was available and, and what their plan is. They still want to go young next year. Yeah. You know, and they have a young quarterback fifth round. But again, I think they want to go higher than that, and they want to, to load up on a, a young contract uh, moving forward. And uh, there are a lot of people saying that Chase Young is a, the rent-a-player. They're not going to be able to re-sign him in San Francisco. Keep in mind, if Purdy can prove that he's the guy, that's still a very great situation if you want to load up on big contracts and they can't extend Purdy until after next season based on how the CBA is structured for rookie quarterbacks or rookie players in general got to be three years into the league we'll say they've lost three straight though meanwhile Detroit gets back on the winning ways and what was yet another matchup where both teams can't seem to find 20 points what what Raiders were awful what was that uniform for the Lions last night I, that was their Is that their alternate? alternate? Yeah, their uh, alternate I, I didn't know if it was trying to be a throwback or a futuristic uniform or or what. I, I can tell you this. When you go all gray, I say this is a guy wearing a gray shirt last night, but head to toe gray, Yes, it, it just looks like a sweat stain. But their whole uniform combo was one big sweat stain. I cannot stand when the Lions, who have that beautiful Honolulu blue, in their home uniform, decides to go to a sweat-stained gray, head-to-toe, with some sort of weird bicolored bar in the middle of their helmet last night with a different Lions logo. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fashion critic when it comes to just out and about well, in a cosmopolitan sense. I am a fashion critic when it comes to uniforms and sports, and I am giving a failing grade to the Lions and whoever decided to wear that uniform last night. That was atrocious. Couldn't stand that whole combination. The Commanders now have five picks in the first three rounds after today's moves. And the last of those five picks, are it's the fifth pick in the first three rounds is probably pick 100 uh, based on who they've been trading with. Um, Chad, this is trust the process. Josh Harris is known for having a fire sell. He's not afraid to trade stars. He's done it. Uh, he's, he's traded three now. He's got Montez Sweat and Chase Young out in Washington, and the 76ers sent James Harden packing the Los Angeles Clippers yesterday. Harden gets what he wants, and they get the, the malcontent out. He's traded again. What, fourth time that a former MVP has been traded? That's the, that's the record most yeah. we've ever seen for a former MVP in the league. Big winner here. Southern California strippers. That's the huge winner in this trade, given James Harden's past at frequenting uh, gentlemen's clubs yes. in different cities. This is a big boom for that struggling California economy <laughs> that they really needed. So The ones that are still I, there. I, I want to thank both sides for doing what's right for the American people oh, thank you. and the people thank of you, California James. to help stimulate, that, stimulate a number of things, but also That's stimulate right. that economy down there in Southern California. So excellent work by them. And uh, I, I would not want James Harden within 50 square miles of my organization if I ran an NBA team right now. But more power to the Clippers, who've got a lot of talent, and they feel like you know that strong Clippers organization and their history is just right. They're like the Pittsburgh Steelers of the NBA. They're going to get him in there, and they're going to rehabilitate him. He's going to be ready to go and not be a problem at all. I'm sure there's going to be zero drama around James Harden as a Clipper. That's the organization to straighten him out. I really look forward to seeing how that works out for everybody. I wish there was some drama with the World Series. There's just not. Did you tune in at all last night, Chad? I didn't see a second of it. Uh, I am very consistent on this. I do not care 
about the World Series. I'm sorry if that offends some of you out there, but when my Braves went out and then I was more concerned about the Phillies losing and not winning, being in the Braves division, the team that knocked them out, I really don't care. If I had to pick who I want to win, it's a team that's up 2-1 to right now, the Rangers. And so I'd like to see win this thing, but uh, didn't care enough to tune in. Uh, last night and uh, I'm not alone because it's the worst ratings on record for any World Series that we're witnessing right now it's a bad sign for MLB and then you've got you know the the whole television structure moving forward how are they going to handle that Uh, because you're right it's a league where if your team's out you really don't care what happens the rest of the way unless you're just the diehard but even the diehards are football fans you know yeah and that's saying something if you'd rather watch Detroit Vegas last night than the World Series and I think, just, by and large, a lot of people would flip back and forth, and that's also uh, a, a glaring issue with the World Series right now. It's just really hard to bridge that gap from I'm going to watch my team and I'm going to talk about my team with friends that I know are into our team, and we're going to discuss that over the course of a summer or whenever to national conversation piece. And when there's a big football game, when an NFL playoff game, this is the analogy I always use, NFL playoffs start that weekend. You don't have to be a Raiders or Texans fan when those two teams play. Even if the game is awful with backup quarterbacks, as it was a few years ago, we're watching that game. We're tuned into it. We're talking about it as a sports nation. And that's just not the case with Major League Baseball when it gets on the national level. And that's the next step for baseball, which I believe took a lot of great steps this year. Attendance is up. Local TV ratings up yep. in almost every market. The game is speeding along in a, in a faster pace. Uh, there are some really good individual stories, team stories throughout the year. But here we are in October, and we care about football. Now embrace the individual personality. You yeah. know, that's the other part that the league isn't finding a hit on. Well, they got to get Otani out of, away from the Angels. Much like Harden with the Clippers. You don't want do that. you don't want your big star in the second biggest team in LA. You want them somewhere else. Coming up on the bus, off the bus, big questions around sports, NFL, college football, and more. Straight ahead, right here on Hot Mike. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sixth and Peabody location, Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Happy Halloween to you. Chad, uh, trick-or-treating later tonight? Trick-or-treating later tonight. Uh, fun night for the kids, fun night for the adults, walking around the neighborhood with their Yeti cups, drinking in the cold. What's the average length of uh, trick-or-treating for you and the kids? About uh, an hour? Tonight, is it just, uh, you just hit one neighborhood and that's it, or what do you I'd do? I'd say it's about an hour and a half to two uh, oh, wow. total. We, we've, in our neighborhood, we've got a good system where most everybody's ready to go for trick-or-treating, yeah. and there's a lot of kids in the neighborhood. So we stay in the one neighborhood. I would say on, uh, we'll go below the average tonight because it's going to be about 35 degrees. And uh, my kids have uh, – my, my oldest daughter is going to be uh, Ray 
from Star Wars. And I mean, it's not a lot of material on this outfit. So we've been trying to convince you, you're going to wear like thermal shirt underneath. Layers. Probably bring a coat. You are going to die if not. And uh, my youngest is going to be either a bumblebee or Minnie Mouse. I'm not quite sure. I think Minnie Mouse. No, no, a unicorn. She's going to be a unicorn. Last minute. That's that's got a little bit more material to it. But it's still going to be, it's going to be a little rough. So uh, we'll we'll see how long they make it. I'm guessing about an hour and a half, two hours. Be on the bus for an hour and a half for two hours. We're going to be on the bus for trick-or-treating. Time to uh, go on or hop off the bus with Davey Hudson. Guys, uh, you're talking about trick-or-treating. I, I've What I did last year, I'll do it again this year, is I'll just turn the light on at the house and put a bunch of candy out front, and then I'll just say, take as much candy as you want. But if you have a hot single mom, just leave the number. And, and then <laughs> and then I just I do whatever I was going to do anyway. You could put evening. a QR code up the yeah. house, like for hot single moms, just QR code here, yeah. and you automatically get their number. I mean, surely the kids have memorized their mom's phone numbers. Well, so. that's why you've got if to – If you uh, want more candy – Use this QR code. That's why you've got to uh, open the door, though, Davey, each time in case for that situation. You're going to have your ring doorbell camera on so you can see them? (laughs) We we don't have that. That'd be a a good idea, though. No, I I probably won't even be at the house. I think uh, tonight my wife will be staying home. She does not like the cold at all to hand out Halloween candy while the rest of us go in a pack of probably about 10 kids and about 12, 13 parents. As we just swarm the neighborhood spot by spot. I always like the houses you go to that they have like uh, jello shots for the parents. Like they've got like a garage party going on and they've got a table yeah. for shots for the parents with candy <laughs> for the kids. That's always the, the happening spot in the neighborhood. It's fun times. Yeah. And, and I mean, just uh, I guess as we, we hop on the bus, uh, speaking of hot single moms and, and somebody on the prowl, we're going to start in East Rutherford, New Jersey. We're going to be talking about the New York Jets, Zach Wilson, and the <laughs> Jets find a way to make the playoffs. I'm on the bus with this. Um, and and this is this is me saying this in, as we go into November, and I never thought I'd be here, but I, I think it's because Aaron Rodgers is returning late in the regular season. He's seen throwing again prior to the game uh, with the Giants. I mean, he's... He's giving them every indication, them being the players on the roster, that he's coming back sooner rather than later. Wilson's not great, but he's also a part of some really tight, close wins for the Jets. They beat the Bills in a similar fashion to how they you know, beat the, the Giants in what was a punt fest, but they end up getting that one play at the end that allows them to, to win a game. The, the, those are the tiebreaker-type games in the uh, the AFC for the Bills, but the, the the wins down the stretch where you know you're getting Rodgers back and you're winning anyway without him that allow you to be a seventh seed. It, it's coming down to the final week of the season for them, but I'm on the bus with this because they continue to prove me wrong. David, the YouTube chat is blowing up with people excited about you being on the prowl for hot single uh, single moms tonight that's dressed up for Halloween uh, for trick-or-treating. They're but very interested But, in Chad, this. if you're a hot single mom, why would you leave the number for someone who's not going to answer the door? No, the kid's leaving it. No, right. yeah, the kid's not yeah. going to do that. Uh, you got you got to be on the porch. I, I agree with Hutton on this. If you're you out there, the door. if you're the one being sweet to her kids and giving them candy, right. I know you probably don't want to set the bar too high. Davey, for what type of stepdad you're going to be uh, for this for this mom. But still, that's that's a good first step to show that you can you be nice to the kids and talk about, you know. Do uh, you have any siblings? How oh, many? you look just like Maverick from Top Gun. That's a great outfit, kid. 
and then let them move along their way. But people in the YouTube chat seem to love it. Look, I love the idea of the Jets being in the playoffs. I'm with Hutton on this one. I'm on the bus. I think that that defense is going to do enough, and the Jets will do enough to stay in contention for Aaron Rodgers to come back. And I think this is going to be maybe the most unlikely story of the season. Everyone wrote the Jets off when Aaron Rodgers went down with the torn Achilles. They're hanging around now. Don't look now, but Zach Wilson is improving. He's getting a little bit better. Not a great performance this past week, but I think they do enough, and they're going to be in playoff contention, and they're going to make it. They've got to win their next two. Uh, They've got the Chargers at home, then they're on the road against Vegas. Then they play the Bills and Dolphins in back-to-back weeks. But then by then, we're in December, and then we really start ramping up the Aaron Rodgers timetable on a, in a timetable that shouldn't be as fast as it has been so far. And the good news on the Chargers and the Raiders, those are two teams that as long as you don't beat yourself, you yes. can beat them because they'll, they'll right. hand you the game. Yes. Like that's, that's their M.O. So uh, if, if you just worry about yourself, they'll make the mistakes. So that's a good point there. Jets right now, by the way, the eighth seed, first team out in the AFC currently. Wow. All right, guys, we're going to head on down to Philadelphia and the NFL will ban – the tush push, the brotherly shove, whatever you want to call it, this offseason. Uh, on the bus, this is ending. It's going away. They are going to cite player safety on this and quarterbacks getting you know hit hard from behind and shoved into the pile of bodies in this as a, as a problem. Uh, I think coaches don't like it going against it. I'm on the bus. I think it goes away. I I think it goes away because the owners of the uh, teams where the coaches can't do this as well as Philly. Nobody can do it as well as Philly. Some teams are trying. I saw the Lions pull it off last night but the, on a fourth and short. But for every one of those, there's like three that just don't look It looked as, very awkward yes, doing it. Yes, and uh, I think the owners will push it through for the rules change. But it shouldn't be. I mean, I it, just because one team is dominant doing it doesn't mean the other should, you know, Either not, it, it, it's a copycat league too. So, I mean, if it was that easy, teams would be doing it, and then we would absolutely see the rules change because we see more injuries. Chad, I, I think you're right. I'm on the bus with this, but they may cite the the injury situation, but it's more or less just because Philadelphia is going to beat teams with it, and those owners are going to be behind the voting and passing new rules against it. They did fumble. It finally was not successful this one this one time. So. Those that are trying to uphold it are going to say, remember that one fumble, the one time that it didn't one, work? Yeah, that one fumble. Guys, you never know. You never, It's like the one onside kick. that I saw an onside kick work, I think, for the Cardinals over the weekend. That one time it works, we got to keep going back to the well. Remember that one time we fumbled? Got to keep it in because you never know what's going to happen on this play. One time I beat Kevin down Cherry Hill. Um, Little Giants. There you go. Yeah, yeah you picked up on you it. You knew I'd be all over that one. All right, guys, we're going to head on. Rick and- Moranis classic. And uh, at O'Neill. And our next stop goes down to Athens, Georgia. The college football playoff rankings are going to be released tonight. And guys, the committee will have Georgia number one this evening. I'm on the bus with this. And uh, I mentioned this yesterday. The preseason uh, atop the polls. And I think that affects everything here. Um, I also think the off the field stuff with Michigan affects things too. Even though I think Michigan ends up being uh, number two. They're not going to be number one. I think it's the Bulldogs, Chad, and I think it is also about acknowledging and recognizing that we see Georgia really starting to put it together, even though 
we haven't seen them put teams away the way Michigan has. I'm on the bus with the Bulldogs number one in the college football playoff. Yeah, I'm on the bus for it also. I think it's the easy thing for the committee to do. And I think a lot of times they take the path of least resistance. So Georgia, two-time defending national champion, it's Hutton laid out preseason number one. Done nothing to drop off from that. I think you could argue others have looked more impressive. But regardless, I think it's Georgia at number one. I'm most interested in the television show tonight of the unveiling mm. when Boo Corrigan is asked by, I'm assuming it'll be Reese Davis, that will ask the question about Michigan and how they view Michigan given the ongoing scandal. That's the answer I want to hear. If you had to guess, what do you think Boo Corrigan will say? They're eligible. Yeah, that we looked at them like they're any allowed. other team because currently they're eligible for so any ongoing investigation we can't factor in. I just want him to be clear one way or the other. If it is something they're factoring in or allowing to cloud their judgment of them, say it. And if it's something that has to be stricken from the record, like in a courtroom, when something is illegally said, say that. Yeah. We've advised everyone, you can't think about this at all with Michigan. It's just about on the field. Okay. One or the other. All right. I, I'm with you guys. Like That is the enticing part about watching tonight. But we're heading along, and we're going all the way across the country to Seattle. And three weeks ago, I would not have been saying this, but right now, the Seahawks will win the NFC West. I'm off the bus with this. I, I think it comes down to how they have to finish the season. And it is a tough stretch because they play San Francisco. Um, they come up, uh, I believe it's a month from now. They'll, they'll play San Francisco twice in three weeks. And in between those two games is Dallas. So uh, Seattle's really good. Seattle is built to go on the road and win. I don't think they're going to win the division and be atop the West, because I think San Francisco will put it together after losing three straight. Uh, Seattle can, but they won't, Chad. I'm off the bus with this. Yeah, I think we're just witnessing a really tough stretch right now for San Francisco. I don't think this is going to become common throughout the year. I'm off the bus on this. The 49ers are the best team in that division. I still believe that. Um, I think today's trade, by the way, Tim Kawakami, who covers the 49ers, saying there's going to be one more trade announced at some point okay. for the 49ers today to watch out for that. I think it's the 49ers division. Seahawks aren't winning it. Give me San Fran. Well, we'll only have to watch out for about eight more minutes. Yeah. That's coming with the deadline. We'll see if he's right. Okay, guys. And then finally, you know, talking about San Francisco, we're going to end the line there. But Christian McCaffrey will be enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. On the bus. On the bus. Um Chad, he is the last of a, a dying breed. Maybe not the last. But where, where is the running back position five years from now? Where's the running back position in terms of value? Kids wanting to play the spot, right? Um, if you want to look at a comparison, Debo Samuel was used out of the backfield some in the passing game. He it was adamant he wanted to be paid like a wide receiver and, and got it. But they were, you know, giving him carries at one point due to injuries and things. McCaffrey does everything and does it very well. A chance to put a Super Bowl title on the resume. And when he's healthy, he's fantastic. Stay durable. He's getting in. I'm on the bus with this because the dude produces even when San Francisco's not playing well. I'm on the bus, too. I think he's a Hall of Famer when all is said and done. And where I think the running back position is going is – collection of late round picks that you plug two, three guys together on every team and you don't have that dominant back that is the, the front runner for every team. 
I think that's where, unfortunately, it's all headed. Well, and also, like, the, the selection uh, process, what, at some point, it's just your time. And if this is – you look back on McCaffrey and compare him to what the guys at the position are doing in, in the current framework of what they're comparing you to, I mean, he's going to, he's going to be a top 15 finalist. You get voted to the 10, and then you whittle down to five. I think eventually he gets in. He's not a first ballot guy. But, Davey, yes, on the bus because of just the, the process that uh, is involved here and uh, the talent and the resume will, I think, stack up and speak for itself. They got a bye coming up this week, but the week after they'll be taking on Jacksonville, and I believe Shanahan will do everything in his power to make sure he gets that 18th consecutive yes. touchdown. So it's, uh, it's another mark that he'll have to where he's alone in the record books. Well, and it, in, in Carolina, the, the amount of yards, the total yardage and the percentage that he would account for um, to, to begin his career there. He and, was their offense. Yeah, and now he, I mean, he is the offensive identity of San Francisco, despite all the talent that they have. He is the 49er offense. Wherever he goes, it racks up yards or injuries. Now, if he gets hurt again, who knows? He needs the title. That'll help him because he'll shine in the playoffs. He can do it all. Yep. Uh, NFL trade deadline about to uh, take place in five minutes or so. Well, the very latest with all the news that's taking place today. And we'll see if the Niners make another move right here at the uh, very uh, end of the deadline headed into the rest of the regular season. Washington, big sellers. Dan Dockich weighs in on that and much more. Host of Don't At Me. He's the top hour two with us here on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. <laughs> 